0: Hi, guys, this is your host, Ola, and welcome to the All Things Money podcast, where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing, and everything else in between. So, recently in the news, you may have heard talks about a possible recession coming to the UK. But what actually is a recession? What does this mean for us, and how can we financially prepare for one? Well, to help me discuss, All of this in today's podcast episode, I am joined with Timmy aka Mr Money Jar and the host of the Be Good With Money podcast. Hi Timmy, how are you doing today?
1: Hey Ola, I'm very good. Thank you for having me on your podcast for a second time.
0: Mm -hmm. You're one of the privileged guys that get to come back on again. So thank you so much for joining me again. Um, So yeah, I'm excited for this chat. For anyone that doesn't have the privilege already knowing you, please introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. My name is Timmy Merriman-Johnson, also known as Mr. Money Jar, although okay. I am just trying to rock Mr. Money Jar now. Okay. I'm just, I'm ch- just trying to do the full mononym. <laughs> so we,
0: we don't need Timmy no more, it's just Mr. Money yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> like Like Rihanna or Cher. Mm-hmm. I like um, that. Or Santa. Actually, no, yeah, it's, Cla- <laughs> it's Claus, his surname. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, Yeah, much like you, Ola, I run a financial education company. I teach people about money. As the world has started to open up, I think people begin to see me more um, Mm -hmm. at offline events, doing things like hosting and so on. And yes, I run the Be Good With Money podcast, where I speak to guests about uh, being good with money, not just in terms of money management, but like protecting the planet and having a positive impact on society.
0: Yes, I love that. Thank you very much, Mr. Manager. He's also also a presenter now as well, guys. So We've got someone that's pretty hot commodity right now on the podcast. So yes, (laughs) obviously, in today's episode, we will be talking about recessions, what this may mean for us, etc, etc. But obviously, I know that many people are aware of a recession potentially coming to the UK, but actually don't know what it is. So Mr. Manager, would you mind explaining what a recession actually is?
1: Yeah, sure. I think in order to talk about what a recession is, we kind of need to talk about what the economy is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the word economy is a word that's thrown around a lot if you're watching the news or if you're watching politicians speak. Yeah. And it kind of gets thrown around like a buzzword. So I'll, I'm just imagining like if an alien has landed on planet Earth and asked like, what is the economy? I think the simplest explanation I would give is it's the collective act of people Making, buying, and selling stuff usually within the monetary system. Yeah. So you go to the shops, you buy stuff, but that stuff hasn't just magically appeared there. It's either needed to have been grown, transported, packaged. All of the people in that chain have needed to be paid, like work a job or, or something like that. And you've used some sort of currency to buy that. And everyone doing that every day is the economy. And in a recession, the technical definition of it is when this collective activity declines mm. for a period of six months or, or two consecutive quarters.
0: Yeah.
1: So recessions aren't good news for you know, things like jobs. I remember in the 2008 uh, financial crash, people were just like made redundant, Mm-hmm. the the stock market dropped the value of currencies crashed and governments really don't like this because what they're trying to do they're trying to promote growth which is another Likewise. buzzword that you hear which is no we want to be making more stuff better stuff we want more people in jobs more people working more people making money and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth and they want things going in that direction the governments want growth they don't yeah. they don't want contraction or declines
0: no and that was really well put thanks so much timmy because yeah like you said you know people always hear about this term inflation as well and obviously inflation is the price of goods rising etc cetera, etc cetera. but for some governments they always want that little bit of inflation because it shows that the economy is growing it's expanding etc cetera, etc cetera. and that's what we want to see because it shows that our economy is booming and obviously what like we've seen in 2008 like we saw in the pandemic. What we might be seeing now is obviously that is slowly on the decline. And obviously no government wants that. It's always, always bad news. But again, not here to scaremonger, but.
1: Well, yeah, and, and and the government, the UK government didn't hide it during coronavirus either. Mm-hmm. I think like like myself and I'm sure many people responded to the Eat Out to Help Out campaign, which uh, the government put in place to help the hospitality sector. Obviously, yeah. we had a lockdown all the hospitality, anything that you would do in person was shut down. And once things started to open back up again, they literally gave, like contributed to us going out to eat to give money to these businesses Mm -hmm. so they could pay their staff so their staff could be in work and so on and so forth.
0: No, exactly that. But obviously we now know what a recession is. What, What actually causes a recession to happen
1: There's no one particular cause of a recession happening. And I think it's also worth saying that um, they're quite difficult to predict as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Like I know that that I think the the now former chancellor kind of gave warning signs of recession, the Bank of England um, sometimes give commentary on when um, the economy is declining as well. But Mm -hmm. there's no one cause, there's no one kind of predictor of it. But normally it's kind of, it can be big shocks. Yeah. So, in um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, for example, we saw the subprime mortgage market completely collapse. Yeah. In really simple terms, people were investing in debt, where the people who owed the money couldn't pay it back, and so the system just collapsed. Uh, coronavirus was a huge shock to the system because we were all yeah. at home and we couldn't go out and transact and stuff. My take on it is sometimes it's big shocks. But then those big shocks will happen because of a series of like smaller shocks um, leading up to them, to the system as well.
0: Yeah, no, it's exactly like you said. And obviously like we've seen like the 2008 um, recession, obviously there was a lot of job losses, which was really quite sad to see. Obviously what else kind of happens typically during a recession?
1: Okay, yeah, so uh, we see... Like job losses, lower um, unemployment, people being less willing to go out and buy things because their finances are stretched. So we are kind of seeing that now with the yeah. cost of living crisis. We see really significant market drops. So normally, when you uh, if if you invest, particularly invest in individual stocks, it's not uncommon to see the share price of a particular company drop.
0: Yeah,
1: but in a recession, you might see just the entire index so like the entire FTSE or the entire S&P drop yeah and that again sends panic through the markets and you may see you know less things being produced supply chains being disrupted yes yeah, so it's not it's not good news for mm. you if you like this year want to heat your home or want to buy groceries it's not necessarily good news if you're running a business and you want to pay your staff or keep your business afloat as well but I was reading when I was doing my research for this episode that whilst recessions, we we would rather not have recessions, Mm. recessions are kind of part and parcel of the system and have been for several decades. According to a 2020 World Bank article, the global economy has had 14 recessions since
0: 1870.
1: A lot. Yeah, and that averages out as a recession about once a decade. So if I, again, if I'm speaking to an alien, I'm like, what are recessions like? I kind of think of them as almost like an economic winter.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a good explanation, actually.
1: (laughs) I almost feel like the sun isn't always out. Mm -hmm. When the sun is out, you see people doing sunshine things. (laughs) Um, But then winter will always come as well. Yeah. And we would rather not have it be cold and, and dark and rainy. But what we can do is we can prepare for when winter comes.
0: Yeah, and exactly that. Like you said, sounds very much Game of Thrones. You know, like winter is coming. Winter, winter. is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> and obviously, me and Terry will be sharing some top tips about how you can financially prepare yourself for a recession shortly. But obviously, like you mentioned, you know, there's been from what we've seen previously. In a recession, you see job losses, you see supply chain issues, you see stock markets on the decline, which is also known as the bear market, guys, a little bit of investing knowledge there, which is normally signs of a recession. Obviously, now we're seeing some of those signs now. Do you reckon that kind of implies that a recession might be on its way in the UK?
1: Yeah, so I don't feel like I can predict or anyone can predict whether a recession will be coming. Mm-hmm. But particularly looking at the economic crisis and the effect that two years of lockdowns and coronavirus has had on the economy, it wouldn't surprise me if one is on its way. But as to when or how quickly, I can't predict that. The Bank of England has said that they expect a downturn towards the end of 2022. But, you know, people make economic predictions all the time and Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're not. I think the general principle is We need to be, when when it comes to the economy, we just need to be ready for there to be periods where things are booming, everyone's flush with cash, businesses are booming, Mm -hmm. um, people are producing and stuff, but then we also need to be ready for and expect there to be periods where the opposite is the case.
0: Yeah, no, exactly that. Now I'm trying to picture like what my life was like pre-pandemic, because I feel like you know, I think me being more financially aware now and how systems work, like all I can kind of remember is now everything post pandemic and now obviously high taxes and, you know, the cost of living being quite stretched. Now I'm trying to picture what my life was like before that. And I guess we, yeah. were, we, were quite, we were quite, we were in quite good sense of the word in a booming economy before the pandemic, right?
1: I think the word that I would use for our behavior before the pandemic is optimism. Optimism as yeah. the opposite to caution. Mm-hmm. So, when you're optimistic, you perhaps spend a little bit more than you would. You perhaps save a little bit less. Yeah. Perhaps your calendar's a bit more full. Mm-hmm. Your cupboard's a bit more <laughs> full. I also think that you maybe don't think about the future so much. Maybe optimism yeah. kind of makes you do stuff in the now more, whereas caution. I'm I'm purposely not saying pessimism I'm more saying caution yeah makes you go ah maybe I shouldn't go to that thing this weekend Mm. because like I've already like my bank account's not that full or uh, can I really afford to get another takeaway because I've already had one this week so caution kind of makes you hold back and maybe makes you think a bit more longer term as with everything in life though the most important thing to have is balance I think that you should think about the future 100%, but you should also enjoy yourself now if, if, if you can.
0: Yeah. Mr. Money Jars preaching, guys. I hope you are taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we've spoken about the recession potentially being on its way. And obviously, we both know how important it is to financially prepare for something like this should it ever arise. So, Timmy, I'm keen to know, you know, hear your insights as to how people can financially prepare their finances for this.
1: Yeah, so something I've been doing, which has been working really, really well, and I'm going to keep talking about it until it's a thing. I'm going to make content on it as well. I uh, just because it's just helped me so much is
0: mm-hmm.
1: staying close to the pulse of your finances. I spoke about this on BBC One Extra a few weeks ago. People typically, a lot of us get paid once a month. And a lot of us review our finances once a month. Yeah. This is this is fantastic. Reviewing your finances is a fantastic thing to do. But reviewing your finances once a month when you're in a cost-of-living crisis or when you want to get a handle on things, I think is too infrequent. Because mm-hmm. if I ask you, Ola, what did you spend money on on the 7th of June? Like, what did you do? Like
0: 7th of June? Oh, that was a couple of days before a wedding. Where was
1: I? So if it doesn't come immediately to mind, that's absolutely fine. Because mm-hmm. I can't remember what I was doing yeah. that day either if I asked you what you did last weekend or last week, Thursday, because we're calling on a Thursday now, that event would be way more likely to come to your memory. Definitely. So we get paid 12 times a year. We get paid once a month, most of us. But we spend money most days of the year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so what I do is I review my finances once a week on a Sunday. On a Sunday, I sit down and look at my past seven days of spending – I tag it all in my budgeting app and I look at the next seven days and I go, how do I want the next seven days to look in terms of my spending? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be eating out with? What events am I going to? What Mm -hmm. events am I not going to go to? When am I going to do my weekly shop? I do that every week and I've actually seen myself sticking to my spending more. Why? Because I'm not looking back at 30 days worth of decisions that I'm not happy with. And I don't really remember that well. Talk less of sometimes, you know, you hear people say, yeah, look back at the last three months of your spending, this, that, and the other. No one's going to go back to Christmas to look no. at their spending. <laughs> so just look at, look at the past week, every week. Yeah. And, and just make small tweaks and adjustments. Mm-hmm. Stay close to the pulse, particularly when you're in inflationary periods, particularly in periods where costs are high and yeah. you have to watch your money a bit more. Second thing is the emergency fund. Super, super important. Your emergency fund, I describe it as almost being like an overdraft that you fund yourself. Because like we were talking about in summer and winter before, yes, the sun can be shining today, but you never know what's going to happen around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't really need to over-explain this to people because we've all been through the pandemic together. We know yeah. that situations can change quite quickly. You can lose your job your car can break down your fridge can break anything can happen so having an amount of money saved in a separate bank account away from the account that you're spending from away from the your your the account that you're paying your bills from is super important so that you can weather the storm when it comes yeah again the standard advice for emergency funds is like 3 to 6 months living expenses or whatever i actually just think having just a lump sum tucked away yeah. somewhere that's specific to your circumstances is super important because when emergency comes that way you're not relying upon debt to fund that emergency you've mm. already saved up for it for in advance and if you can't put the sum of money away straight away like full transparency my emergency fund is depleted at the moment I've had to make some payments so I'm building it back up, back up again just have a target amount that you'd like it to get to and then save up every month until you hit that target amount, back it in a separate account or in a pot or, Mm -hmm. or, or something like that. The next thing is income security. So making sure that you are firstly not relying on a single source of income I know it's really difficult to talk about multiple streams of income without rolling your eyes because it's just (laughs) it's just said so much. But what does multiple streams of income actually mean? It means that you're working your job, but then you're also using the skills that you use in your job or some other skill that you have to make money somehow. I was speaking to someone a while back. They know how to code, and they were just like, Yeah, I just don't know how I would like make money. It's like, mate. You know how to code. Do you know how many people want to know how to code?
0: Honestly, I want to know how to code. <laughs>
1: do a Z- just get Zoom, charge people however much per hour, make it fun, make it interesting. They'll pay you for, for that time. And then they mm-hmm. could use those skills to go on and get a job or, or do whatever do whatever projects it is they wanted to do. So believe in yourself that you're valuable yeah, and that you have something to offer to the world. And that you can provide a service to someone else that they would be willing to pay for. Mm -hmm. And while they would be willing to pay for it, and this is the thing I always think myself, that we're willing to pay for it because all of us have spent money on nonsense. (laughs) All of us have spent money on an item of clothing which we wore once and never wore again. Or on alcohol which we subsequently threw up or worse (laughs) later on that evening. So... (laughs) If you are willing to spend money on nonsense, then why wouldn't someone be willing to pay you for value? Yeah. You you are an inherently valuable person whoever's listening to this, and you can bring in additional streams of income, even if yeah. it's one extra one. And then I think within your job, it's just the normal things of just making sure that you know you're adding value to your organization, that you're very much part of the team that you're in, that you understand the dynamics and, and whatnot that's going on in your job so that you can continue to add value there negotiate pay rises negotiate promotions and that sort of thing but then the final thing I'll say I know I've been speaking for a long time is that we are in I try not to use the word crisis I just refer to it as like cost of living but yeah we're in a we are in a crisis so mm-hmm. and and the government has created like is giving help to a lot of people to the tune of tens of billions yeah so just be kind to yourself you know invest in self-care don't be too tough on yourself because these are tough times yeah right now
0: yeah thank you so much for those tips Timmy they were actually really really good as always I don't know what else I would have been expecting but especially when it came to having that emergency fund a question i get asked about all the time and like you really explained it quite clearly you know how much should people be having and yes the internet likes to say six to three to six months worth of your living expenses but like you said any lump sum is better than no lump sum at the moment i think yeah. like you said having that buffer of something that you can rely on reduce your chances of having to take out credit or debt which you want to avoid if possible
1: yeah i think it's about doing an assessment of your life i think there was like u.s government person I forget their name but the guy you talked about like the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns oh god um, knows. <laughs> yeah I think there's uh yeah if you just google like known, known unknowns and unknown unknowns there's a really famous speech around that everyone knows what their personal circumstances is so everyone knows the things mm-hmm. which are likely to go wrong in their life yeah and and inversely the things that aren't like I don't have I don't own a car, so I don't have to worry about car expenses. But if you just do a thing of like, yeah, how much if my car was to break down of this particular part wherever was to break down, how much would I have to pay to sort that out? So it's just about doing an assessment in your own life and being like, what would be the top three biggest pain causing things? And then just seeing if you can save up an amount of money for that. Yeah. There are also unknown unknowns, which are kind of Coronavirus level things, where just something just blindsides everyone, yeah. And th- you know, we weren't expecting it, and then that also counts as an emergency too. We we can't prepare for those things in as targeted a way, mm. but you know, five hundred pounds a grand, like, so it's just there.
0: Yeah,
1: I was speaking to Emmanuel Lescure the other day, and he mentioned the importance of having a credit card in an emergency. And I don't normally offer this guidance, but I actually agree with this too. I think if you have the credit and if you're comfortable with using a credit card, then actually having a 0% credit card or low interest credit card in the case of an emergency can really help as well. So, like, you're abroad there's a bad weather event or just something just out of the blue and you have no cash on you or something actually having a credit card that you can just whack some tickets on come back home and then sort it out when you get back home is also important but I would rely on the cash first and then on the credit second
0: yeah that's a good addition actually because yeah I've well I think I've had my zero percent interest credit card now for just over a year. I can't remember now, but I've had a 0% interest credit card. And whilst I don't tend to use it, at least I know that should I ever need to at least fork out like £400, I know that, you know, I can just pay that off in £25 monthly installments without any interest or anything like that. So that is actually quite a big, good bit of guidance. Yeah. If you know you can repay that back, guys, yeah. please don't obviously rely on credit as your main source of getting yourself out of every emergency if you can avoid it
1: yeah yeah emergency emergency break break like you also want to imagine the credit cards in one of those break glass containers with a (laughs) sledge sledgehammer next to it
0: yeah exactly that and then also like Tim mentioned if you can have an extra stream of income whatever that may be even if it's like a little side hustle if that's like um, Tim said selling your skills Honestly, I've, I think I've covered like two episodes with Nisha and my friend Ellie. So look back if you want to learn about how you can make money online. But there are so many ways to make money online now, especially if you have a couple of spare hours. That definitely always helps. And also try and push for your job security. So like Timmy said, if you can add value to the place of work, make sure you're being seen in the workplace. You know, obviously, That's as much as I can add in terms of, you know, being visible in the workplace. Obviously, every workplace has its own agenda. But yeah, just I think listening to Timmy's tips hopefully can help you guys be financially prepared should a recession come along. But yeah, obviously, Timmy, we spoke about briefly just before we started recording about investing especially in a bear market like we are now so guys if you don't know what a bear market is if you weren't listening earlier a bear market is when the stock market is on the decline so Timmy do you have any tips for those that are investing at the moment and are worried about the downturn or people that are looking to invest what kind of what tips can you offer them
1: so I've been investing for a few years now Mm -hmm. so I've actually been through quite a few periods where you go into investing app and everything is just red, every, <laughs> every stock is red, every index is red, every fund is red. You yeah. go into investments, red, <laughs> minus 5%, minus 10%, minus however much money the equipment is. And the first time that happened, I was really shocked. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is really quite something. But then you wait for a bit, and it's not like a few weeks or something, it's like a couple of years, and then everything is green again. Yeah. Because the market crashes and then the market recovers. Yeah. And then it crashes and it recovers. The market does not go up in a straight horizontal line, going mm-hmm. from the bottom left to the top right. It goes up like a mountain. Yeah. So it kind <laughs> of it's a bit jagged
0: peaks and troughs.
1: Yeah. Peak, or peak and trough, but it will trend upwards. This is also another really well-documented feature of the stock market, well-documented aspect of investing. Mm -hmm. The way that you get around this is by saying, what I do is, do you know what? I'm going to invest regularly every month, no matter what the market is doing, Yeah. because I'm not looking to cash out my money next week. I'm investing this money over the course of my life. Yeah. And I'm only going to cash it in if I absolutely have to. Things that can help you to not feel panicked when the market is in decline is knowing what you're investing in. So I invest in an index fund that tracks the whole stock market. I think we talked about this in my last episode. And because I know what I'm doing there, I'm basically saying, I don't know which company is going to do better or worse. I'm just Mm -hmm. going to invest in all of them. I feel comfortable when the market declines because I know the market's only going to, my, my investment is not going to decline more than the market. However, if you're in this stock or that crypto because you saw it on the news or because your mate's <laughs> in it, yeah, and your and your mate may have bought into that thing at a, for a completely different time and for a completely different reason to you, then it is entirely understandable that you will panic because you're now you're in this room, you're in this club, and all the <laughs> lights have turned on. But like, you didn't even want to go to the club in the first place. So you're like, yeah. ah, where? Like, where am I? um so know what you're investing in have an emergency fund again the emergency fund comes up again if you've yeeted all of your savings into a volatile investment and then that investment drops then you're going to feel very naked because you don't have any additional money set to one side Mm -hmm. so if you can have your emergency fund first whack that in a different account any money over and above that you can invest that way you can have that peace of mind that okay I know that my investments have declined, but I have this emergency fund in an easy access savings account or in an ISO or whatever. That's stable. That's not going to go down. And you're having different purposes for your different savings. And then the final thing I'll say, which is a bit of a softer tip, but again, it's really benefited me, is to just ignore the noise. Like if you, when you first start investing, it's normal to feel like you should be constantly checking the news What's this commentator saying? What's that commentator saying? Are the markets down? The markets up? And to me, that's like checking the weather every minute of the day. It's going to say a different temperature every minute of the day. But why would you do that to yourself? So just know (laughs) that you're investing for the long term, that you have your emergency fund. You know what you're investing in and why, what the purpose is. And then just stick to your, your, your strategy.
0: Yeah, no, exactly that. And this is it, right? I think before you invest, it's always important to know how long you're going to be investing for. If you're looking for get rich quick scheme, then investing isn't for you. And i recently did a TikTok about it, even though I'm very rarely on TikTok, but I made a TikTok about, you know, now that there's a bear market, that's the perfect time to hold your investments because that's when you make the stock market losses you don't want to be selling you know let's say you bought your apple at one pound if it's in tesco at 50p why are you going to be selling your your one pound apple for 50p that's when you're going to make your loss you want to wait for that market to recover and also you might see that the Apple's now two pounds like a year later and that's really important to see and remember
1: yes absolutely spot on allah also the clue is in the name it's called the stock market so what a lot of us don't realize is when you buy your apple for one pound and then the market drops and you sell it for 50p you're actually selling someone's like someone is buying the apple at 50p <laughs> mm-hmm. so
0: they've got, a, they've got a bargain yeah you don't want so to be buying, getting, letting people have the bargain
1: yeah <laughs> you're you're they are buying it off you at 50p and then when it goes up to two pounds they forex their money yeah so just remember that, like it's people buying and selling stuff to each mm-hmm. other. People actually make money. The way people make money in the stock market is they buy during the down periods. So I mm-hmm. know this because I've read a lot of Warren Buffett's work. They wait until people are crying in the streets, they buy during the down periods, and then they wait until the market grows, and everyone's like really optimistic and happy, and then they sell or maybe they just hold into it and like try and get dividends, but yes. they, they sell when the market is up, they take their profit, they hold into that cash. They wait for the market to crash again and they throw in their, their money again. And they're literally just waiting for prices to become low enough for them to buy in. When you're mm-hmm. trying to time the market, when you're trying to kind of predict the future, that's what it looks like when what Ola just said, where, Oh, the market's up. Everyone's buying. Let me buy. But you're <laughs> buying at like really expensive prices. Yeah. And then the market drops. You're like, oh, no, the market's dropped. Let me get everyone selling. Let me sell too. Yeah. So yeah. that's a double whammy. You've double yeah. whammyed yourself. Mm-hmm. You've bought expensive and you sold cheap. Mm-hmm. And then you've got no savings because you were investing your savings. There's no need to do that to yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Again, before me and Ola came on this podcast, we're talking about the importance of patience. Investing, it's like planting a tree. No one ever plants a tree like an an acorn and then checks it every minute of the day to see if there's an oak tree left. But if you do that and you wait 20, 30, 40 years, yes, there will be a tree there. And that tree will provide shade to your family and your children, you know, and for generations to come. But you you just need to be prepared to wait.
0: Exactly that. And like Timmy said, final note on this, but yeah, when everyone was crying about the news of the lockdown and that's when the stock market absolutely dipped that's when i purchased that's when i started my investing journey and before this current stock market downturn i was up 25 percent. so it does just go to show that you know it is a long long long-term game and that you just need to take advantage of if you feel comfortable with investing in the stock market but yeah thank you so much timmy for sharing those tips
1: (laughs) No worries. I always enjoy speaking to you.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, obviously, before I let you go, if anyone wants to find you online, obviously you've got you got Mr. Money Jar, you've got your Be Good With Money podcast. Where can people find you if they want to find more of you, your content, and also see what you're getting up to in terms of presenting now and also your marathon?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. OK, I'll give three then. So mm-hmm. if you want to find me on social media in general, I'm at Mr. Money Jar on your favourite social platform. I'm on, I'm on most of them. If you want to listen to Be Good With Money, if you search hashtag BGWM, that's the new podcast, please give it a listen. I'd also appreciate your feedback. And if people want to see what I'm doing um, around my marathon, then I'm raising £5,000 for homelessness charity, Crisis UK. And people can donate at justgiving.com forward slash Mister Jar. The marathon is three months away. Woo. I'm feeling good with the training. Good. and i hope to, hope to meet that fundraising target
0: brilliant uh well thank you so much again timmy for joining me on the podcast today it's absolutely been a pleasure having you back on again
1: yeah thanks ola speak soon
0: thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the all things money podcast for more all things money make sure you follow us on social media subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune back in next week